Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number five zero. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode, the 50th. Bienvenidos! What is uh, 50 in Spanish? Uh, I, you know. We have no idea. But today we're going to be generally speaking about the church, doing some real talk about that stuff called real faith. Nice. Nice. We ran out of music. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's all right. It's I all was, good. No, dude, I totally I love it. to ramp it up at the end. Oh, you do? Uh, yeah, that's all right. Oh, sorry. That's all right. You can blame Bu- me. I'm good at Bubble that. has been burst because we didn't know 50 in. <laughs> Where where is Andrea Zunica when you need her in the chat room? That's like, uh, you know what? You're killing me now. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, yes, we are here back once again with our fiftieth episode of About the Church, which yes. is huge. We are so excited, and uh, wow, I am still really processing a lot of thought regarding last week's discussion. Sequenta, sequenta. Thank you. Episode sequenta. Now, do you know how to say episode in Spanish? Episoda? Episoda. I don't know. Episoda. I've completely made that up. <laughs> anyway, it probably <laughs> is. Episode? I don't know. Uh, Espezote? That's a really great herb that you can use to cook with. <laughs> oh, I know a lot of Spanish, but mainly even food and cussing. I think that was a model of a Toyota, wasn't it? A Toyota Espezote? <laughs> I don't know about that one. I have no idea. But anyway, um, <laughs> dude, I'm trying to be all serious here about Latin. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I was going to say, what? <laughs> No. We us serious? Do you see me being serious? Come on. Yeah. Uh but no. Uh I was I was saying though, last week we had a, a pretty deep discussion regarding the difference in understanding what the terminology between evangelical and mainline Christianity. The two brand really two two of many, but two very prominent oh, yeah. branches of the Protestant faith. And of course, you know, I, as much as DG loves to wear labels, you know, oh gosh, not, you know, the thing is, is, is where do we, where do, where is our heritage? And I loved, I loved that when Professor Allen last week left his voicemail, he really honed in on that. It's like, listen, this isn't a label to put on yourself because yeah. we, we cannot be defined by what other people have been correct you know it's just not possible we are individual human beings we may associate ourselves with certain philosophy sure uh certain theology uh but that does not define who we are in fact um and, and i think in some cases you know while you and i have two different protestant heritages and yes. uh, and we'll talk about protestant today Oh, okay. But uh, even though we have two different Protestant heritages that that have some very real differences in the way that they approach and think about things, um, we both, I think, would agree that we have been influenced by the other. Yeah. I mean, to to a very large degree. We've been exposed to it. You had mentioned that while you were uh, in a United Methodist mainline uh, denomination... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is a member of the mainline branch or whatever. Yeah, apparently that's right. So we're part of that organization. That, yeah, whatever that organization was. 
uh, the one of those councils. But anyway, or they at least they subscribe to the council or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know that part. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you you had mentioned that you were very much influenced by the Baptist and the Catholic overwhelming uh, yeah yeah influence I mean, not, down there. I don't know about I don't know about influence, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it was definitely a prominent kind of way of thinking. So I guess it well, would be influenced. That's what I mean when I say influence. I don't mean like you personally, like oh, hey, come here, come here, let's talk to you about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not that kind of. Just, just like overall, just living, right. you know, picking up things here and there, I think hearing a part of general things. Culture, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I agree. So anyway, I, I just, I, I just really been fascinated by thinking through some of those things, and, and it's just been very fun. And I think it's cool that. That you're wrestling through that stuff, I really do. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, for me, it, it and I really get to is. Join you in your wrestling, which is even exactly. More fun, so. so, so anyway, I, I want to be able to explore my faith and explore, you know, what it is that I've always just allowed people to to, to say. And uh, so I came up with some show notes, um, but you know, we don't have to cover them all. But I, I did want to toss out some other terminology. Okay. And uh, I, I looked some things up in Wikipedia, and what I can do is I can make all the show notes that I have available here that uh, people in the chat room are even looking at right now. Uh, cool. I'll make th- I'll make a link to them. I'll, I'll copy it as an HTML document, put it out there, and put a link into the show notes. I just I'm blown away that you're adding that much more depth to to what you have to do every week for this podcast. You know, the thing- I mean, to me, I mean, that really just say, hey, I'm putting an investment in this because everyone's going to come here and expect that. And if you haven't done it that day, you're going to be feeling really guilty and everything else like that. So, yeah, I, you know, I want you I want to give you permission that if you don't have time to do this, no one's going to be mad at you. It, it's it's <laughs> not that difficult to do. And so uh, and, and, and it, really, honestly, I, there's been enough feedback that says, I am very glad that you're talking about these things. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's great to investigate and and you know, really understand what people mean. We have some voice feedback we'll, we'll play later and cool. stuff. So, and I think other people are interested and, and you yeah, know definitely. what, you can go in and you can type in Protestantism, Protestantism, I think. Uh, anyway, you you can look that up and there's entire, just tons and tons of Wikipedia stuff. And sometimes oh, sure. it's so overwhelming. And so I went ahead and did a lot of that and I just pulled, pulled out the stuff that I think pretty much summed up and answered some of my questions. Cool. So um, the first one here is well, let's talk about Protest, pro, pro, Protestantism. <laughs> Protestantism. <laughs> yes, Protestantism. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's what it says in Wikipedia. I love this. It says it refers to the forms of Christian faith and practice that are originated in the 16th century, the Protestant Reformation. Can I just say that this is big stuff? This first statement. I love that everything that we fight, argue tooth and nail about originated only in the 16th century. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know that it's like we hold fast to these truths, you know, and and we will <laughs> to be die. self-evident. Wait a second, <clears throat> wrong, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, we're willing to fight tooth and nail, and this stuff is is relatively new. Some of it. Yeah. Some of the things that we just so hold fast to. Anyway, Protestant doctrine, also known in the continental European tradition as evangelical doctrine. So here we have some cross-pollination of some different terminology. In contradiction to that of the Roman Catholicism, more terminology, rejects papal authority 
and many elements of the Roman Catholic doctrine. So basically, this Reformation, this Protestant Reformation, is is basically where a lot of people started to rebel and protest against mm-hmm. certain things within the Roman Catholic Church and and primarily papal authority. Right. And papal authority, for those who may not know, and, and there's nothing wrong with not knowing, is is basically the Pope's authority and his word being, you right. know, um, well, very, very much. Well, actually, it says in the next one, it says it uh, <clears throat> it typically holds that scripture rather than tradition or ecclesiastic interpretation of scripture or the Pope's inter- interpretation the churches. or the churches, right. the right. Holy Roman Catholic Church um, is the it says that. Protestants typically believe and hold to that scripture is the only source of revealed truth and also that salvation is the result of God's grace alone, not by works. Uh, The key tenets of Protestantism, say that again for me, DG. (laughs) Protestantism. (laughs) There you go. Are outlined in the five solas. Five solas. 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 Whatever. So I have no idea what the five solace is, but it 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 went on. Oh, you you didn't know, but I you never do, heard you know of now, the right? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, and I know this. now because I've read this. Well, I just I just want to go back. Go ahead. It, it, it's really it's. I think a lot of people think that when they hear the word reform, uh-huh. uh huh, whether it's the Protestant Reformation or some other kind of reformation, a lot of people think that you're moving forward. Okay. When they th- when they hear reform. But in reality, what's really going on there is it's people saying, whoa, 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 we've gone too far. We need to go back. Gotcha. And so they are reforming and, and, and bringing and bringing in reform to go back. Right. And I think that that's something that I didn't never really grasp in my mind when I heard the term reform. Uh-huh. It's really people saying, whoa, we've gone too far away from the original stuff. We need to go back to where we came from. So the idea is that Protestant... Protestantism, hey, I did that one, did not originate in the 16th century. The Protestant Reformation did, or, or well, actually, the terminology and, and being known as those people. But the right. stuff that they were believing is really reforming things that it's like, dude, how did we get to start selling this stuff? How did we start selling positions in the church? How did we right. start doing this? Well, it's, Where did this come from? It, exactly. This isn't the original. Let's gather up, reform this thing into what it was originally. Right, and exactly. And it's exactly what you just you just said. Rather than tradition or the church's interpretation of scripture, we're going to go back to saying that scripture is is is. We're going to go back to scripture, not someone else's interpretation of scripture or the way the church is, has interpreted over time. We want to go back to scripture. I'm going so, to I'm going to risk some things here. And I and I just want to say, it, which is ahead. a really funny statement to even say that. By Why? The way. Because even if you go back to scripture, there's still going to be an interpretation. Of yeah, no it. doubt. <laughs> so it just you know, it's, it, it's and, and 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 it is, and those who are interpreting typically are members of the church. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and so therefore, the church, the church, it's the church's interpretation. Exactly. So anyway, um, seriously though, I am going to risk something here. Uh, and, and, and it's it's a huge risk. And, and I'm just going to say, you know, I'm only going to say things that are on my mind and be who I am. And I just want to admit to you guys that I am a simple human being that God has wonderfully made, I hope. But anyway, um, I happen to love and respect the Catholic Church very much. I, I have a rich history as a student of a Catholic school from all the way from uh, uh, first grade all the way up through seventh grade. 
Cool. I have never experienced anything tragic and anti-Christian or anti-Catholic in my life. Um, I was hurt as a kid when I didn't understand why I couldn't partake in communion and why I couldn't do some of the other things that the other kids in school did. I got all over that when I understood when I was older. Right. And and so, but but the thing is, is I may disagree with the Catholic faith. And I still have a lot of questions. I just want you to understand that things that I'm about to share are not judgments on the Catholic Church. It's just things I don't understand. But one of the things when it comes down to it is, and and the reason why I say that is because a lot of our listeners learned about us through SQPN, which is Father Roderick and a lot of the other, and Greg and Jennifer Willits. These are a bunch of Catholic podcasts associated together as a network. And so a lot of our listeners, including Richard, found out about us through, um, through, through SQPN. But anyway, the thing is, is that I listen to Father Roderick on a daily basis. He does a show called The Daily Breakfast. Mm -hmm. He does the same kind of stuff that I'm doing here, which is sharing life, sharing passions, whether it be technology, geekery, and all this other stuff, or television shows and video games. But he always brings up in his daily breakfast a segment called the the Peculiar Catholics or something, or the Peculiar Bunch, where he's always uh, willing to answer all the questions you were afraid to ask about the Catholic faith. And so he always has a segment like that. And I listen to it intently all the time because I love hearing what they believe. Sure. And, and... And so a couple of things that that strike me is the fact that the Roman Catholic Church, as I understand it, qualifier there, as I understand it, <laughs> does very much not just, I mean, they, they believe in the scripture as revealed truth, but they also hang a lot of what they believe based upon the Pope and church tradition. Yeah. What the what the church early church fathers had written. Right. And so much to where those are seen in and from what I understand are seen as equal to. So the catechism of the Catholic Church, which is this book of all the theological things we believe as the church and how we lay things and how we understand things and and how we interpret the scripture. And and other things outside of scripture and and, and stuff like that. And, and a lot of people have, have heard catechism interchanged with basically saying that's their form of co- of of uh, uh, not. <laughs> Golly, I can't believe I forgot this. Um, of confirmation. Oh, okay. Like you go through catechism as a as a child or oh, as okay. an adult, and and it's through that process of going through the catechism that you are now allowed to be able to take communion and be able to do this. Gotcha. So. But it is. But it's part. It's it's exactly what you're saying. It's the sharing of the doctrine. It's the sharing of who we, who we are, what we believe, and to making sure that hey, this is what you're getting yourself into. Whenever, yeah. Whenever you want to be baptized or so. So they have this big gigantic thing called this catechism, which it, it's a it's a document of all the things they believe. It's the church history and 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 here's what I don't understand. Which by the way, I have one at my house. I Do you? Brought it. Cool. Here's what I don't understand. And and I question just because I'm ignorant and of the tradition and stuff like that, and, and and I don't understand how it works. But the way I understand it is the Catholic Church believes that well, the Pope and the Church Fathers and the Church leaders, they are the they are able. God reveals to them truth, mm-hmm. and they are able to discern what is right, what is wrong, or whatever, and they lay it down, and they write it down, and we follow it. And I recall specifically. Father Roderick talking about early days in his priestly duties where um, a, oh gosh, 
uh, I, I guess a, a, a mother had lost a child. Okay. Okay. A mother had lost a child, and uh, the child had died before it had been baptized. Okay. And uh, the Catholic Church, from what I understand, is I'm just instead of saying for what I understand, everything here I say from this point forward is from from what I understand. I could be wrong. So rather than having to say that all the time, but the Catholic Church um, believes that you must be buried in a sacred land or a Catholic burial ground or a Catholic, um, what do you call those, cemetery. cemetery. Okay, they, they would much prefer that, that that be the place you're buried. It's, it's, it's what they require. And the church, he said, the catechism of the church at the time stated that this mother could not bury her child inside the, the cem- this Catholic cemetery because the child was not baptized, and and if I and it's been so long since I've I've heard this, but there was question in this mother's mind: Did my child go to heaven? And and it would seem that the the Catholic tradition was saying, "Well, you didn't do this, this, and this," and so because of that, we we can't say that you know we can't we can't confirm that she, you know your child is in heaven. And because of that, we can't bring your child into this cemetery. Now, that was the church tradition. That was the revelation of the the Pope and or or the the church leaders and stuff. And since then, since then, that has changed. Now today, they you know it, it's not it's not an easy step. It's not here or there. But but the thing is, is now children who are who die. Prior to baptism, infants that die, uh, infants at birth, and and stuff like that, children who die are able to be buried in a Catholic cemetery. And so here's what I my question on that is like, wait a second, this is quote, so supposed to be quote unquote revealed truth. Does right. truth change? Right. So if the church fathers were wrong, and tradition was wrong on the idea of saying, I'm sorry. Moms, you cannot bury your children that died at childbirth in our cemeteries for X number of years. Now, all of a sudden, you can. That just seems weird. I, I, I'm I'm so, I'm not judging the church. I, it just I don't understand it. Sure, sure. So, and, you know, and it's this kind of the same very. I, I, I see the same kind of uh, question coming up when, um, you know, when you're not supposed to be eating the meat that's been sacrificed to idols, and yet here's God saying, "Oh, you know what." I want you to be able to develop a relationship with those Gentiles. I want you to eat that meat. Right. What? What? What's going on here, guys? That was supposed to be a truth. Exactly. So I think there is room for um, a movement, but that's it's a real slippery slope, you know, ground that you're having to go through. And a lot of the stuff is, and I think that that there has to be some interpretation because there was, you know, uh, there was no. what am I trying to say? Um, what's something we deal with today? Like there was no Twitter back then. Oh, you know yes. What I'm saying? So we have to be able to to do something to as stamp as, it out as life to is ban Twitter for all <laughs> no, Christians. <laughs> but there has to be some form of interpretation with things that we're dealing with in the current yes. time that we live in today that are not specifically actually mentioned in Scripture. 
um, and and how do we deal with those with those issues? And that's and I th- so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it started out as a good thing, but I think that you know just like what they're saying within the Reformation, at least the Protestant Reformation, is you've gone too far in all your interpretations. You need to come back. And I think that's what Christ was saying to the Jewish people at the time. Right. You've written seven so, billion different ways of understanding what it means to take a break on the Sabbath. Yes. You can't take so many steps. And and he's basically saying, well, let me let me clarify it for you. I'm going to sum it all up into, into, into one statement. Love God with everything that all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, this is this is. You know, so it's it's I say I saw Christ is bringing reformation exactly. Um, so anyway, it's it's a huge challenge. I mean, it's a no, huge discussion and, and, we're having. And 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 please understand, folks, that I am literally processing what I'm saying as, or thinking what I, right, as right, right, I'm right. saying yeah, this sure. stuff. And so now that I think about it, it's like you know, it's not like the Catholic Church is saying that that the the catechism is infallible and it is the in what is the uh, word that we often say for the Bible? The end all be all. No, the absolute truth. No, the inerrant. Truth. Oh, an inerrancy. Yes. Yeah, inerrant. So, so it's it's not without fa- fallibility. It, it, I mean, it is interpretations by people, right, right. and and so I, I guess sometimes I get I get confused, and I think that maybe some people say, well, the Pope is the person who hands down and decides ultimately in the end what is and what is not truth, hmm. and 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 I don't know if that's if that's true, and if they really believe that, or if that's something that I've just heard. I, I you, you, all the more reason why we need some callers to tell us, you know, a little exactly. bit more about what you know. If you're Roman Catholic, give us a call. Tell and us, let us what know, you, you know. Tell us what your understanding is of the authority and the power of of the Pope. What's the, the phone number, figure. by the way, if they wanted to call? Do you know? You know, if I was going to call in, I would call eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. And I'm sure that they probably even have that already put into their speed dial. Now. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. So that's awesome. <laughs> But, you know, it's seriously, we, we need that. We're wrestling with it, and we need some other opinions in this. So please, please give us yep. a call in or go to the chat room later on or something else like that. If you are Roman Catholic, you would we really we would love to have the help. I mean, Now, you know, in, in, in all fairness, I want to say that I came from the Nazarene Church, okay? Okay. And in the other room, I have this little book. It's, called, it's, it's my little black book. It, it's called The Manual. The Manual? It, it's called The Manual. And the manual was in your glove compartment. Whenever you bought, you can put it in the glove compartment. (laughs) It's basically it is it is the catechism of the Nazarene Church. Right. We have it. It's called the Book of Discipline for the Methodist Church. It's the same darn thing. Basically, it's it's what do we believe as a church? There is our theology. You know, we believe in God the Father, uh, Jesus Christ's Son, the Holy Spirit. We believe this. We believe the Bible. We believe this. Right. And then there are quote unquote. These are not written in stone but as a church as the general assembly of the nazarene church these are um and and i wish i had the book in front of me right now because i'd tell you exactly what they call them let me go get it um but there <laughs> these are the things that we suggest for holy living such as you don't smoke you don't traffic tobacco uh you don't um you don't go swimming in public uh you don't dance in public uh, there, there are these all these things that you do and do not do, you wow. know, for, the rule. I think they call them rules for holy living. Um, and these are and, and what's really odd is when you become a member of the of the Nazarene church, supposedly you're supposed to agree to live according to all of those rules. 
Um, <laughs> even if you don't agree with them all, you agree that this is what the Nazarene Church says, and and this is what you're agreeing to. And holiness unto the Lord is their watchword and song. Oh yeah, yeah. Holiness yeah. unto the Lord as they're moving along. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Uh, have you ever heard that song? I don't think so. It's. I thought it was a Wesleyan song. Might be. He wrote like five billion. I know. His, his brother, brother did anyway. Charles. They both did. Did John write some too? I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Anyway, so you know the, the, what I'm saying though well, we is have the that same thing in the Methodist Church when I mean, we have the general rules and then we you know and then we just and it's and it's, it is things like that we we basically say we believe that gambling is very detrimental yeah. to you know to a person's life and can be a huge addiction. Uh, and we completely, you know, disagree with it. And we, you know, we have the same things with alcohol and smoking and, and things like that. And, but and, we're not going to force somebody to say, if you join this, then you will stop those things. What we're saying is, is we completely disagree with those things. Right. And it, we really believe that it would be better for you as well as the world if those things were not there. Exactly. And and the other thing is, is that what what I how I compare that to the catechism of the church or what and the traditions of the church fathers in the Holy Roman Catholic Church is because just I don't know about your book of disciplines, but with the Nazarene manual, they very much did come every four years and reevaluate and say, you know what, somebody suggested that maybe this should be changed. You know, maybe it's not absolutely going to send the entire culture to hell if we were to um sell tobacco products you know or right, right. or whatever and so they have at times uh changed wording completely removed sections out of that portion right but here and here's the thing and we and do I, the same thing we meet every four years at general conference is what it's called general conference and everyone from all over the world if you have united methodist not free methodist not methodist but united methodist then the, you will be represented from all over the world at one location. And then they prayerfully discern, should we take out this sentence? Should we add a word in this sentence? I mean, it is really, really just yep, same thing. nitty gritty. How do we, and the, you know, you have to, you have to, the conference has to say, we, as this conference say, the Kentucky conference want to say, we want to change this sentence to be this. And that goes before the entire group. And they have to say, do we want to do that? You know, so it's a, a huge political process right massive political process that goes on uh during each one of those but i mean it's just it's just the way that we have governed ourselves yeah you know basically the and the only thing is and again, but there is a part of i'm sorry i'm sorry no, you're fine. but there is a part of that that we say can't touch oh yeah and it's typically the theology right end of it's it. the theology end of it but yeah. the rest of it you know yeah it's just, the rules for holy limit living part the you thing know, i really love about the recommendations church, for holy living exactly and the thing i really love about the methodist church is as soon as as soon as something that's in our culture pops up like cloning as soon as the issue of cloning pops up we've got something in there about it right and i love that we are not afraid to be able to say well we're going to hold off on that and we're going to, you know, talk for another 10 years and see where the technology goes or see what science goes or whatever. I mean, we just talk about immediately. We just say, yeah. bam, we're going to deal with this issue. That's the one thing I really love about the United Mothers Church is we're not afraid to, you know, to really take on homosexuality and really to take on cloning and really take on, you know, all these different issues that are that are coming up. And discuss them and, yeah. and, and come out to some agreement about what the church's stance to be. Yeah. So, you know, the only thing is, and the reason why I, I've never once in the Nazarene church, and I doubt in the Methodist church, that there would be anybody that say, well, you know what, um, there's really, you know, it, it's 
controversial issue, but we allow the guy who is, and of course in the Nazarene church, there is no head man. It's, it's, there's the general assembly, which is usually seven general attendants. Uh, but even still, even those seven general attendants don't hand out theology. Right. You know, I mean, they, they don't, they don't say God, this is what God has given me the authority to, to put this here and, and say this is what you should do, and 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 if that's an unfair uh, assumption of what the Catholic faith believes that the 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 Pope does, then you know, I, please tell us. I mean, I I'd like to know personally. Right. All right. So five solas these Protestants believe in these. <laughs> you know what what are what in the world are five solists or five solas? I lo- I looked it up. And uh, this is what I found. It says the five solace are five Latin phrases or slogans that emerged during the Protestant Reformation and summarize the reformers' basic theological beliefs. Can you tell I'm a um, phonetic speller and reader? <laughs> theological. Did you notice that they use the word emerged? <laughs> Did they With use- the emerging and emergent church, all that talk. They oh, use yes, that emerged. emerged. Oh, check that out. In in contradiction to the teaching of the Roman Catholic Church of the day, uh, the Latin word sola means alone, only, or single in English. The five solas respective opinions for Christian salvation. Um, oh, no. The five solas were the reformers believed to be, or what the reformers believed to be, the only things in their respective opinions for Christian salvation. The Bible was taught as the only norm Listening to them, uh, listening, no, listing them as such was also done with a view excluding other things that in the reformers' respective views hindered or were unnecessary for salvation. This formulation was intended to distinguish between what were viewed as deviations in the Christian church and the essentials of Christian life and practice. In these opinions, they differed from the universal consensus of the Christians in historic Christianity. And there are five phrases. Number one is Christ alone. Number two, scripture alone. Number three, faith alone. Four, grace alone. And glory to God alone. Now, I won't go into the details of each of those, but there's a little bit of a uh, description of what ch- what each of those phrases mean, as well as some, I think there are some of them uh, that have some scriptures to back up where they come up with some of that theology. And so um, definitely ha- I will have the five solace in the, um, in the uh, show notes section cool. for this episode. Awesome. Number 50. Number 50. Woo! <laughs> so anyway. And you're going to hear, you know, hear a lot of people quote sola scriptura i mean that's i've heard that that's a term. lot of people that love to say that you know just scripture alone scripture alone scripture alone uh which just always cracks me up when people start quoting <laughs> i have heard that but but i just really never knew where it came from right right. and uh but i've never heard somebody say sola sola christus oh yeah you know or uh, sola, sola, fide. sola fide or sola gratia actually i have heard gratia I've heard those. Is that where gracious comes from? Gratia? In grace. It? Wow, grace. Gratia. Ah, I like it. Anyway, we're doing a little word etymology here. <laughs> anyway, so I, that Protestantism. Protestantism. 
Whatever. <laughs> that word that starts with a P. It's a P an word. I'm, I'm a P. <laughs> I am a P. I am a P. I'm a uh, PR. So, so, I'm a PROS. So I would say here in, 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 I would say that the five solace, the Christ alone, scripture alone, faith alone, grace alone, glory to God alone. What is it? Is it a fair judgment to say that both evangelicals and mainline Christian denominations probably all agree as Protestants that these are the five things that are essential Christian doctrine? Right. I mean, they would just basically say, you know, this is these should be the most important aspects or at least the basis of essential Christian doctrine. Right. And, and of course, um, another word that we'll go into is uh, I'd like to go into is we'll scroll down the list about halfway. Orthodox. Okay. That is a term that I hear so much. Really? You hear yeah. Orthodox a lot? I hear. Oh, yeah. There, there's I guess there's Jews and then there are Orthodox Jews. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And then there is the Orthodox and, Church, the Orthodox and, and is, the Greek Orthodox Church. Yes. Greek. Or, and I have no idea what that is. Do you? Yeah. All right. Tell me what the Greek Orthodox Church is. Well, the Greek Orthodox were the first ones to split from the Roman Catholic. So were they the first Protestants? No. Okay. No. Before the 16th century? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They they basically, um, they really got into basically having a lot of um, icons in their, in their worship services. Okay. And the Roman Catholics said, you went too far. You're basically worshiping these icons, and they were using it as prayer aids or whatever else. And so that was the first big split was the Greek Orthodox and the Roman Catholic. Okay. And Protestantism broke off from the Roman Catholic. So so basically that that's a whole other split off of the Ro- Holy Roman Catholic Church. Right. So now Greek Orthodox, how far are they from what Protestants believe? Or, or are they? do they very much look Roman Catholic but slightly different? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, going to the Greek Orthodox Church. I mean, it's really do they believe in the Christ as Savior and and yeah. oh, big time. Now, are they? Do they have a pope? Um, that's a great question. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not too up in my Greek Orthodox stuff. Okay, I should be. Um, but I, I'm, I just find I, personally, I'm just Eastern finding Orthodox, this. I mean, you know, Eastern Orthodox is is the first split. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm interested in all this stuff. I'm I, I love this. This is fun. <laughs> I'm putting DG on the spot, man. Like we're gonna get we're gonna get your money's worth. Yeah, we're all gonna church get history classes and exactly exactly. I've, I haven't read these books in forever. <laughs> all right, so Orthodox. Let me tell you what I found online. It says the term Orthodox may refer to, and there's a bunch of others listed, but the one that primarily I think fits what I've been thinking of when I hear it, and in the context where I usually hear it. Uh, Orthodox Christianity may refer to any Christian faith that adheres to the teachings of the first seven or three <laughs> ecumenical councils of the church. Now, I think, isn't that the ecumenical councils? Isn't that the mainline councils? that Ecumenical? Ecumenical. Whatever. Ecumenical? EQ. <laughs> ecumenical. Don't mess with the equalizer here. Yes, the ecu- ecumenical. Uh, forget it. Anyway, in Christianity, the first seven ecumenical, ecumenical councils were basically just saying, you know, all the people that called themselves Christian would come together and be able to have a council. 
And that's where they would wrestle with the same kinds of stuff that we've been talking about. So basically, what do we believe? Why do we believe these things? All those different things. And that here, I'm just going to name some of these uh, councils. There was the Council of Nicaea, mm-hmm. uh, the Second Council of Nicaea. Mm-hmm. I think they should. I think they should like come do a reunion tour, and we should have a third Council of Nicaea. But anyway, <laughs> the East West Schism, right, which uh, is split. That's right. Words for split. That's that's the that's where the you'll see it here coming up. It's Eastern Orthodox. Okay, so then there's Eastern Orthodox, Catholic, and Anglican. Which again, Anglican is something. It, it, is that a split from the Roman Catholic Church as well? Mm-hmm. Boy, mm-hmm. I tell you what, the Roman Catholic Church is just not having a good day today, are they? <laughs> well, this happened over many many years. <laughs> I know. I'm just really kidding. I, and I hope, I pray, I really do pray sincerely, sincerely that if I say something just in jest. Please understand, it's my ignorance. I'm not trying to to. Right, uh, our hearts in a wrap. I don't. If anyone thinks that we're trying to piss yeah. people off, then they yeah. have their own issues. I am not trying to offend people. I it, I, it just comes naturally. <laughs> I just tell everybody that God is using me to teach you forgiveness. Exactly. <laughs> I am being an example of grace. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's see. There's the apostolic succession, right? Uh, which which tells me. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, which does tell me that the Eastern Orthodox do have some form of papal kind of understanding, but it's not necessarily. And Professor Allen's actually putting in here. Um, um, I gotta find it where I put they have it. a patriarch. Yeah, who has similar. It's a very it's a very similar identical. role as the Pope. Gotcha. Though, though not, not identical. identical. So anyway, I just wanted to answer your one question that you said earlier. Alan also says in the chat room that the councils are when key doctrines like Trinity and the fully man, fully human theology got hammered out and became parts of core Christian belief, which I have a question for you, okay? If that's when this became core Christian belief or essential Christian doctrine, uh, then, you know, a lot of people say you must believe in the Trinity to uh, you must believe that God is fully man, fully human to to really understand who God is and to to know him and to right. become a Christian. Well, if that didn't come around until later, what happened to all the Christians who followed Christ, who loved God and loved other people before they hammered that stuff out? What do you mean what happened to them? Did, did they burn in hell? Heaven? Did they, You're only talking about heaven and hell again? You're not talking about the life here? Gosh, yes. Cliff. It's not all about the end. I, dude, I am totally <laughs> I am totally an evangelical. I'm thinking only about the eternal. <laughs> what happened to those people? They were Dude, don't don't you listen to the Stephen Curtis Chapman? We're not home yet. <laughs> we're on va- well, we're on a mission. Did we have that? Music <laughs> I no, it's it's it, your mission if you should choose to accept it yeah, is to bring as many people into heaven with you before you die. <laughs> That's what I believe. You can't take your money. I you can, can only I, take your friends. Exactly. <laughs> he who dies with the most toys, well, dies with probably not enough friends going to heaven. <laughs> Come on. I want, to, I want to know the guy that's going to bring the enemies to heaven. <laughs> the guy I'm interested in talking with. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Good stuff. No, but but I mean, you you know the answer to your own question. You're, you're I know, doing, <laughs> I know. But but, uh, but you know, it's it's not something that it, it is something that needs to be wrestled with because why is Trinity so important? Uh, can I ask that? Is it is it is that a safe question to ask without being a heretic? 
Well, no, I, I think that, of course no, it's, it's, it's not. No, it's not. I'm going to hell because I asked the question. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. <laughs> I meant my no meant yes. My yes meant no, and, and my what maybe meant is, I don't is. know. <laughs> what is is? What is We're is. talking about words today. <laughs> no, I, I, it has to be wrestled with. It has to be wrestled with because people ask the question all the time. If, if creator covenant God, which is the God of the Old Testament, is the same God that Jesus claimed to be, I don't understand that stuff. How can that be the same God? And then the Christ says, I'm going to give you my spirit that will, you know, and so here we have the Holy Spirit. And so people had to wrestle with it. They had to be able to knock that out and to have an understanding of who is God? How does God reveal him or herself or itself to humanity? Um, you know, how does this happen? What what happens with this stuff? And how did God do it through what everyone has called the Bible? Right. And that's and that's what went on during all these during the the, the development of these creeds, like the Nicene Creed. I mean, that's where it came from. Was the Council of Nicaea? Right. They came up with this creed. You know? So you know, going through all this conversation, you know, and and understanding that what we believe, it, I'm I'm reminded of our good friend Tess. Do you remember Tess? Sure, of course. Tess, hello. We love you so much. Thank you for really kicking off a lot of questions in my own heart and mind regarding you know she she really challenged you know a lot of things like you know well what about God and and what about this and and does God really my question is at what point do we say okay well this you know it, the essential is love God and love people and then there but then of course we we both agree I believe or at least I agree uh that um <laughs> I agree with myself I agree with myself that, <laughs> that um you know that you must accept Jesus Christ as Lord to gain eternal life. There you go again. Okay, I'm. It, How about gain life and life abundantly? Okay, which e- would include e- eternally. Eternal life, which would include well, eternal well, life. Well, eternal life means <laughs> eternally without end, which means obviously it started right. And at what point does it start for do, you? Do people actually think that it started? I don't know if they do. <laughs> I think they're only talking about what's left. I know. I know. <laughs> I love you, Cliff. This is awesome. I know. I know. So much for doing two 30-minute podcasts. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We, we are at 41 minutes. Let's go ahead and wrap up the discussion here. Don't worry. We're not going to lose. Yeah, we're coming it, back. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to lose the enthusiasm and exactly where we're at. Because um, I, I have a thought that I want to start with in the next show. It will be released next week, though. Uh, for those of you out there, because okay, DG is okay. going to be out of town right, right, right. and stuff like that. But before I do, I want to just wrap up Orthodox real quick. Because um, I just feel bad because I cut you off by making you clarify that. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't okay. worry about it. Okay. I, I know what I was going to say, and okay, it, it's good. regarding tests, it. and it's regarding how far do we go with agreeing to disagree and, and stuff. Good. So just remind me, agree to disagree, and I'll remember exactly what it is. Yeah. All right. So anyway, the other notes that I have on Orthodox is any particular Christian doctrine that is theologically correct. I love that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't think that they have a theologically? Exactly. Well, no, I my actually is correct. My, I adhere to an incorrect theological discussion. And <laughs> anyway, um, but another term it may also refer to any particular Christian faith believed by its followers to be correct by comparison to other faiths. Uh, in this sense, every church considers its own faith orthodox. Correct. Yeah. So, and, and the most common place I've ever heard the word orthodox 
is um, Hank Handegraaff. Have you ever heard, you've heard me mention him before? Okay, yeah, I got you. He is a little bit more controversial than I think I like, but he is the one who defends uh, the Christian faith. He's an apologist, I guess you would say, against um, uh, what he considers to be... Um, Something oh. that's not orthodox. Well, yeah, exactly. Incorrect theological teachings. Exactly. And and he very much, uh, uh, the prosperity preachers and all right. these uh, new, really new age movements. And uh, what do you call those things? Like um, uh, when they are anti-Christian, they're, um, uh, what was Waco, Texas? That was called a, uh, why is that word called? Yes, okay. I guess he writes books and speaks about Against cults, cults and, okay. and stuff like that. Uh, Christian Research Institute, Equip.org, you can find it all around there and stuff. But anyway, I listen to him every now and then, and I've always heard him think, talk about things that fall outside of the the um, Professor Allen says that Hank doesn't like his church. It doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Hank doesn't like a lot of things. Uh, and, and I, I mean, I enjoy listening to Hank. I believe he does have some great things to share and and I listen to it, but I don't agree with him on everything. I don't think, and I don't think I have to. So, and we're going to talk about agreeing to disagree in the next episode. But the one thing that, um, I hear is that, you know, this falls outside of the pale of Christian orthodoxy or, or Anyway, okay. that's where I've heard orthodox the most. Right, right, right. And so, you know, it, basically, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's like what is the in the context that I hear orthodox the most, I usually hear it in conversations where people are talking about, you know, agreed upon, at least what I currently with a lot of other people agree upon as being essential Christian doctrine. Okay, that's that, how it's used in the. In that's the context. in the context in which I hear the term, um, and and I've heard the Greek Orthodox Church, but it's not the same. I mean, although I know that it's the same word, but but it's sure. it's used in a different context than that. So, anyway, we would love to hear from you. Um, I know we got lots of feedback, and we're going to play that in our next episode. But we still want to hear from you because Please. the the week after that, we're going to need to be able to have lots of things to talk about. So, especially if you're Roman Catholic and you want to talk about yes. what your understandings of the of the authority of the papal. Absolutely, just because we got two hard headed, you know, you know, speak for yourself, my friend. Okay, not you. Know, you're not hard headed. Actually, you, I'm definitely not hard headed. Right around my cheek area. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back next week, folks. Uh, Thank you for joining us. This podcast is brought to you by the power of Plus members. Go to gspn.tv slash plus and find out why we need your support. Yes. Please consider becoming a Plus member. We're 146 strong now. We need a couple more. And uh, if you can help out in any way, that'd be awesome. God bless you all. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I love it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> there, I got to wrap it up, ramp it up at the end. <laughs> you got that ramp up, Phil. <laughs>